talking. The sixth is Sunday of Easter. The Paracletes. Let the spirit come down. Let the spirit come down. Let the spirit come down on me to change my life around. Welcome to the last Sunday before the Ascension. In John's Gospel, chapter 14, we have the Last Supper discourse where Jesus promises the disciples that an advocate will be sent to them. In Acts, chapter 15, we see how the gifts of the Holy Spirit are brought to Antioch where there has been much disturbance of the peace and upset amongst the Gentile believers. And in the Revelation today, uh, chapter 21 towards the end we have a magnificent vision that is something to bring us nothing but awe and reverence and we'll begin with a prayer from Father Lord teach us to love help us to love fill us with your love. Lord, give us this gift of your Holy Spirit, who is love, who is the love there within you in the life of the Trinity, between you, our Father, and you, Christ, the Word, the Son. Pour into us, through this life-giving Spirit, more and more the gift of charity and love forever and ever. Amen. Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we shall come to him and make our home with him. Those who do not love me do not keep my words, and my word is not my own, it is the word of the one who sent me. I have said these things to you while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all I have said to you. Peace I bequeath to you, my own peace I give you, a peace the world cannot give. This is my gift to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. You heard me say, I am going away and shall return. If you loved me, you would have been glad to know that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you this now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you may believe. In John's Revelation today, we have the wonderful vision of the Holy City the new Jerusalem, the place of peace, when all the saved are joined together on the bedrock of the apostles. In this Jerusalem of lights, there's no need of any temple. The presence of the Lord God and the Lamb make the whole city a sacred area, with the Holy Spirit shining like diamonds from the hearts of all the residents. Father Nick King says this concluding vision is magnificent and he gives good advice in that when faced with such a vision we must simply let it work in our imagination not trying to worry too much about precise details 
simply basking in the light of this radiant vision of God's victory. I think this advice is helpful about Jesus too in the gospel because at the Last Supper he describes how this new creation will happen. He speaks about going away by hinting at his death, resurrection and ascension, but reassuring his apostles that they will never be alone. Through the mystery of the Trinity and the promise of the Advocate, the Father, Son and Holy Spirit will be with them. The Holy Spirit will calm their troubled hearts. They have nothing to fear, for his legacy will be explained to them, and a special peace will fill their souls and lead them in truth, so they have no need to be afraid. This vision is magnificent, and sometimes I just need to sit with the word in silence, with awe and reverence. And then perhaps revisit a more typical day in Galilee. Mark produces a good example of a day with Jesus in chapter 1, by the sea, in Capernaum, Peter's hometown. Here we begin an ordinary Saturday morning in a Jewish city with Jesus in the synagogue, already amazing the people with his teaching and astonishing them with how well he can sort out the most aggressive of metalers. The townsfolk have only just met Jesus, but they already spread rumours about him and debate how he may be some kind of special doctor, and so his reputation spreads quickly. We now move even faster with Jesus to Simon Peter's house, who finds his wife's mother ill in bed. No worries. She is healed effortlessly and becomes well enough to provide an afternoon tea party for her son-in-law and all his new famous friends. As the sun sets on this busy day, Simon opens his front door, and it reminds me of that film Notting Hill when all the paparazzi have discovered a film star staying with a lowly bookseller and they're flashing away outside as the door opens. In Capernaum, the place is crawling with sick people and their families, and before we know it, Jesus is in the thick of them. After dark, we return to early Sunday morning with a tired Jesus rising extremely early to be alone in prayer. But before anything else happens, Simon interrupts him to start the whole experience again in another town. This is a vision of a typical day with Jesus presented by Mark and it's magnificent and we should simply let it work on our imagination before moving forward in time where the apostles have now established a group of elders who hold all the authority of the church's teaching in Jerusalem. This is well after the resurrection and ascension. But if we hold that simple picture of a day in the life of Jesus again and bring it back to the scene where John presents for us the Last Supper, it begins with Jesus in the upper room wanting to comfort his apostles, just like he sees the crowds and he, he can't stop himself going out to them. And after three years of living every day with Jesus like this, 
they are at last beginning to realise, perhaps sadly, that he's about to embark on his final journey, a journey of death. Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe in me. This is what Jesus is like when needing comfort himself. Instead, he becomes the comforter, the paraclete. Then he comes to the central point of his teaching. First, he wants to point out the importance of love by making it a new commandment. After, of course, demonstrating what this means by washing the apostles' feet. Then he promises the gift that will help all of them to follow in his mission as servant. In fact, Jesus has already set this in motion. He is the first paraclete that the Father sends. And now they must expect another. They will not be abandoned. The Holy Spirit will remind them that his love is still present amongst them, even after he has gone. They will be given more great gifts of peace and joy. But this love is something deeper. It is the command that brings forth the new creation and the key that unlocks the new Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit will teach the disciples all they need to know about the way and identity of Jesus and the Father. Later, after Pentecost, when faced with the scrambled web of daily life and problems of bringing peace to the groups of new Christians in Antioch and other places, they gather in the presence of the magnificent vision given to them by Jesus. Peter and James, Paul and Barnabas, all the elders, they expect the Holy Spirit to inspire a solution that they know will have the authority for them to proclaim. They know the answer will unite the groups of Christians in Antioch and bring peace, love and joy to all those who have been upset. The first reading from Acts demonstrates how the Holy Spirit, as promised by Jesus as the advocate who will teach you everything, is fulfilled in the consultation with the apostles. The Gentiles, when becoming believers, had received the gift of the Holy Spirit, who was now discerned to be their advocate or supporter. The apostles recognised that if the Gentiles were good enough for the Spirit to dwell in them, no further burdens from the Jewish law were required. The use of the Holy Spirit for guidance at this first council of Jerusalem has been adopted for all such gatherings ever since. In the lives of individuals, this same advocate helps and supports with gifts of love and peace and joy. Jesus made the promise, if someone loves me and keep my word, my Father will love them. We shall come to them. Now, that is where we can simply bask in the light of John's revelation of the radiant vision of God's victory and then go forth with gratitude and live the command of love. The first reading from Acts demonstrates how the Holy Spirit, 
the gifts of peace, the gifts of love, can solve all our tangled worlds, all the matters that we find difficulty with. But it's up to that final moment when we sit in the presence of Jesus and face to face, he says those wonderful words about you are mine. I will always be with you.
Lord, please come to me in spiritual communion. Send your body and blood gushing through my veins. Send your love into my heart, my soul, my mind. Lift me up to your bosom and infuse me with your divine love. Amen. Change my life around. Let 